Well, now, the festival speed is not just about cars. Um, there's aviation as well, and Foss Air, taking place over at uh, Goodwood Aerodrome, uh, is a huge attraction for many people. Sam Worthington-Lease, uh, dressed in your flying suit, uh, which is appropriate, tell me uh, what's going on over there. Um, Foss Air, which is just to the south of the Moving Motor Show, so actually on, on the Festival of Speed site, we're exhibiting everything you can do with an aeroplane at Goodwood, if you like. You can come down and find out about the flying school, uh, about the various partners that are on the aerodrome, the various aircraft that are based here, uh, the helicopters. You can go for a ride in a helicopter today if you wanted to. Um, various other things in the local area that are aviation-based. There's a Tin Peak exhibition uh, about his time in space because he spent six months up there. Very interesting. Uh, the Red Arrows team was there. Um, uh, the Blades uh, raising money. Um, all sorts, action-packed. It's, it's a very accessible area, isn't it, Sam? I mean, a lot of people sort of see aeroplanes and, and think, well, that's, that's not accessible for me because it's just not what I do. But actually, when you go down to the Fossair place, there's lots of really welcoming people, some yeah. great instructors to talk to. It's, it's very welcoming and very accessible. Yeah, we've got a whole team of instructors down there uh, and other people. Uh, every stand is manned with people just ready and willing to tell you everything you want to know. If you've got any questions, how do, aer- you know, how do aeroplanes work? What does this bit do? What does that bit do? Can I have a go? All that sort of stuff. We're all there ready and waiting for you, really. Uh, not just flying, but also going into space because you've got a Tim Peake exhibition. Tim Peake exhibition there, yeah, from the Novium Museum in Chichester. Really great exhibition. Uh, I was reading up on the facts and I didn't realise that astronauts actually grow two inches when they go to space. Um, uh, all these various things, the effects it has on the body, the medical advances that have been made through space study. Um, Space suits to try on. If you've got your little ones, they want to see what it's like to be an astronaut. They can try on a space suit with a helmet, uh, read all about everything he's done, you know, the time and space, the training before and after. Uh, really, really interesting. And we've, we've seen a lot uh, in racing terms of uh, electric cars, but you've got an electric plane, haven't you? Uh, that's correct, yeah, the Siemens electric plane. Uh, a lot of people are dubbing it the future of aviation. Um, certainly we would get less noise complaints by flying that plane than we currently get with some of our old uh, fighters. But, um, yeah, really interesting aeroplane and their team's on hand as well to, to sort of show you how it works and, and talk you through that. I know one of the things that captures the imagination of no matter what age you are, of everybody, is the ability to fly alongside a Spitfire. Uh, absolutely, uh, and uh, we have that at Goodwood. Uh, there are, well, sometimes four Spitfires based at Goodwood, operated by one of the partners. They they have two there permanently, and you can fly alongside uh, the Spitfire from Goodwood. Uh, and actually, that's one of the prizes in the competition that we're running this weekend. There's three prizes. Flying with a Spitfire is one of them. The other is uh, the other two are uh, uh, what has been built as an adrenaline-fueled flight with a, a fighter pilot, um, and one that's very close to your heart, and that's a flight in the Goodwood Harvard, which I know is one of your favourite aircraft. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, our Harvard was built in 1943 over in Canada, um, served as a trainer. Uh, and during the Second World War, every almost every single fighter pilot would have trained on the Harvard. They would have done advanced flying training on the Harvard. So for me, it's a really significant aeroplane. Um, You know, it just encompasses everything about flying. It's nice to fly for a start. It's fast. It's loud. It's kind of everything an aeroplane is meant to be. It doesn't look particularly graceful, but it is in in the air. Um, Particular significance for me because my grandfather flew it during the war, uh, and he was actually based at Goodwood for a a short while in the run-up to D-Day. So uh, a little favourite of mine, that aircraft, yeah. 
Now, um, in terms of, of people who might come and say, I, I like the look of this, um, they can take flying lessons with you. You are one of the instructors. Just tell, take us through that process. Somebody walks in and says, I think I'd like to take flying lessons. What happens? Sure. So the most common route is someone will give us a ring. They might inquire via the website or, or come in. Uh, and the first step for most people is to take a trial flying lesson in, in any one of our airplanes. Um, if you've never experienced it before, you, you go up, you get a brief from your instructor about the effects of controls, what to look out for, various safety points. Um, and then you go flying. You get to fly the aeroplane, you get to see what it's like, see what it feels like, see what it looks like. Uh, you can do that in any of our, our aeroplanes. So we have the Cessnas, a Piper Cup and the Harvard. You could do a trial flying lesson in the Harvard. You can see what it's all about. Uh, and then a lot of people kind of get the bug and they decide from then on that they want to continue. That first trial flying lesson counts towards the number of hours that are required to gain a license. Um, and you the next day you could take your next flying lesson. Uh, you just ring us up, we book you in and we sort of start you on the journey. How long does it take to get a license to, to fly solo? So a private pilot's license is probably the most common flying license and that's 45 hours of training. Um, to actually fly solo, you fly solo as part of the course before you get your license uh, and you can do that in as little as 7 to 10 hours of training. You can fly the aeroplane on your own, your instructor is not in the aircraft with you, you're under supervision from the ground. Uh, but you are solo in an aeroplane in, in as little as sort of seven to ten hours. I guess there's a sort of misconception that it's mostly men who walk through your doors because they want the adrenaline rush and all the rest of it. But I guess there's a, an increasing number of, of women out there who are looking and thinking at becoming uh, pilots. Absolutely. Um, it- there, there is a barrier there for some reason. Uh, none of us feel it in the school. We've got two female flying instructors. Uh, you almost don't even notice that they're female. They're, they're part of the team, uh, and they're there. Should any ladies want to come down and, and fancy flying with a, a you know a fellow lady, uh, they, they can take them up. Um, and it, it's equal where we are. There is no barrier. There should be no barrier. Uh, and we're, we're absolutely you know, open to anyone who wants to learn to fly, almost any age. Um, and any variation of anything you can think of will teach you to fly. You're a highly qualified, highly experienced flying instructor. You've been flying for many years, but I guess you still get a buzz when you, you get into the cockpit. What is it about flying that actually makes you smile when you get out of the aircraft, that gives you that buzz? I think there's the physiological factors, you know, the G4 seeing the Earth from a different, a different platform. I think most pilots... Uh, have a, a sort of constant quest for perfection. You're always trying to be better. Every flight you go flying, you learn something new every single time. Uh, and I suppose you could liken it to a, a sport, if you like, that you're always trying to better yourself and improve on what you're doing. And I think that's probably one of the things that keeps you active doing it, is always striving for more. You know, adding qualifications. I recently qualified as a display pilot, and then you work down in levels, so you come lower and lower and lower altitude. Um, it's impressive to watch. Watch, but you could say it's a little bit more dangerous so it's just like constantly striving for perfection in, in everything you do I think is, is probably the thing for me and I guess the principles of flight no matter what aircraft you know are, are basically the same but it's the handling characteristics the thinking time and the, it would be things like the, the g-forces that you experience as, as the planes get faster and more uh, and more technical yeah correct uh, for, for sort of day-to-day flying you know in something like our Cessnas you'll very rarely pull more than 2g that's two times the force of gravity on your body you sort of positive g you get pushed down into the seat. Yeah, the adrenaline flights that we do, uh, I fly some of those and we regularly pull up to 6G. Um, and, and, you know, that sounds like a lot. That's quite a strain. Uh, you, you have to physically strain your body, strain your muscles to prevent blood flow down from your head and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, yet some aircraft, some of the other ad- adrenaline flights, you can pull up to plus 10G. Uh, so, you know, and that's different between aeroplanes, but 
effectively all aeroplanes are the same. They all do the same thing. You move the controls one way and they, they have the same response in every aeroplane. Just some aeroplanes it happens faster than others. Well, some it happens slower than others. Uh, more G-force, you fly faster. For example, our Harvard, we cruise along at around about 160 miles an hour, whereas the Cub cruises along quite happily at 80. So you're flying double the speed, you've got half the thinking time. And we've been thrilled, uh, as always, here at Festival of Speed this year by the Red Arrows and the, an amazing display. And all eyes go up to the skies and, and away from the cars, don't they? And I guess there must be young people here, many people who, who are thinking oh, that's that's a, a pinnacle of flying. And the first step for them would be to get in touch with you. And they wouldn't, they're not going to join the Red Arrows, obviously, but it's it's an easy thing to do. How do they get in touch with you? Um, the easiest thing to do is to go to our website, goodwood.com. If you want to, you can send us an email message or you can get the phone number to give us a ring or you can just come down to either Foz Air over the weekend where we've got the Goodwood uh, Aerodrome stand or come down to the Aerodrome at another time. Walk in, there's always someone on the desk there to be to welcome you in and answer any questions um, and yet you might end up doing the Red Arrows. Uh, we have a number of younger people that are learning to fly and are applying to join the Air Force so who knows in 10-15 years time we might be looking at them at the Festival of Speed. Happy to stand corrected. Sam, many thanks. Uh, Great to see you here at Festival of Speed. Thanks for having me.